This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast is powered by the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. Since 1983, IMPA has provided 61 municipal utilities in Indiana and Ohio with low-cost, reliable, and environmentally responsible power. I'm Lee Llewellyn. For this podcast, we're going to be examining Indiana's entry into the competitive world of attracting data centers to the state. With the passage of House Enrolled Act 1405, the Indiana General Assembly provided significant incentives for uh, data centers to come to Indiana. IEDA took the lead on drafting the initial legislation. So to help us understand the significance of this change and to help communities determine if data centers are a viable economic development opportunity for them, Leslie Wagner, Senior Principal with Genovis, is going to help us understand data centers and their potential economic impact. Now, Genovis, by the way, is globally recognized for assisting companies with site selection activities, having served over 325 clients throughout North America and the Caribbean, and Leslie brings experience in working with life science, manufacturing, transportation and distribution, and information technology clients. So, Leslie, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. So we're going to start with the really most basic question, um, because this is a new idea. So how do we explain what is a data center? Well, from, from our perspective, data centers are really a critical part of the infrastructure that supports our modern economy, not only in the technology sector, but most all industry sectors to include advanced manufacturing, entertainment, healthcare, retail, and telecommunications. The accelerating use and storage of data is driving significant growth in this market. And cloud services is predicted to be the biggest driver of data center demand. Data centers are high-performing industry and they generate significant tax revenue. So, when, when, when a data center is looking to come to a new area, uh, wh what are the primary criteria that they're looking at before they, they choose a new place to locate? Well, what we would consider to be cre cre uh, key criteria used for data center location evaluation includes many things that are similar to any type project that we would locate. But fundamentally, a site or a building that's ready for development that has sufficient utility infrastructure to support the project demand requirements. Additionally, with electricity driving 70% or so of operational costs, rates are closely evaluated, as is redundancy. And in a growing number of projects, the amount of electricity produced from renewable sources Important too is fiber infrastructure and factors such as speed, bandwidth, and dark fiber availability. We always evaluate the natural disaster risk index because some parts of the US are more prone to risks than others. And we rely on sources such as Sperling for this input. Of course, tax structure is vitally important because business taxes will impact both upfront and ongoing operational costs. And lastly, workforce availability. Um, while data centers are typically not labor intensive, 
the jobs needed are unique and they are highly skilled so it is important that the center locate in an area where this type of talent can be tapped so when we look at the the new data center law um, so what are the key provisions of that and and how do we think that that matches up with what a data center is looking for really there are two key components of this new legislation the first allows a county or a municipality to exempt personal property tax on qualified data center equipment the second is the ability to exempt state sales and use tax for the purchase of data center equipment building construction and then also the electricity used to power the equipment there is of course criteria for eligibility um, by example there is a minimum investment required of somewhere between 25 million and 150 million that needs to be made within a five-year period uh, this minimum spend is going to vary depending upon the county location with the required investment for counties with lower population being less than investment for counties that are more populated the good news is that uh, the administrative process to obtain the state level benefit does not appear to be very burdensome and will be administered through the indiana economic development corporation the iedc so let's step back a little bit in that uh, question so when we talked about uh, data center equipment um, qualified data center equipment what what kinds of things is that I mean so what are they bringing really really everything that is is going to be housed within the facility itself it's defined as enterprise equipment so that could be the racking the hardware the software everything that is propelling if you will that data center okay so when we look at because this is something that certainly uh, from from IEDA's perspective we've heard about this for years um, so uh, when we think about uh, trying to get Indiana in the game how do the provisions in this new law how do they compare to other states are we starting far behind uh, did we catch up kind of all at once or are we somewhere in the middle Yes, great, great question. In, in short, these new provisions are meaningful and will put Indiana in a position of consideration for those data centers that are willing to consider the Midwest, which by the way is on the rise. Um, with respect to are we early, are we mid-stage, are we late, currently there are 30 states that offer, offer incentives for uh, data center projects. Interestingly, uh, Virginia was one of the first states to offer incentives to attract data centers, and this was done back in 2009. They enacted legislation in response to their loss of a $1 billion Apple data center. Uh, they lost that project to North Carolina. So fast forward, uh, last year, Virginia released a study that touted the success of the data center incentive programming in 2014 the total statewide economic impact attributed to data centers uh, resulted in approximately 36,000 jobs 2.7 billion in wages and 8.6 billion in economic output and overall revenue local and state revenue of almost 300 million dollars 
So a as you look, look to that state in terms of trying to determine if incentives were um, a good move, I, I think that they conclude that they absolutely were. Are we going to be too late? Uh, have, have, the big, have all of the big opportunities already passed us by? I, I don't think so. Um, there, there's a lot being written right now about data centers coming to the, the Midwest. Um, and, and so I, I don't think that, that, we're, that we are too late. Um, you know, as we look at our competition, uh, which Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, Illinois, we're, we're typically uh, competing for projects uh, with those, those states. If you look at Ohio, um, they do offer a sales tax abatement for data centers. Um, the investment needs to be about $1 million, and there is also a minimum threshold for payroll. But they do not tax any tangible personal property in the state at all. So whether you're a data center or a manufacturer, there's no personal property tax assessed. So Ohio is, is a formidable competitor. Kentucky, um, they offer a sales tax refund for computer system equipment and DCs investing at least $100 million. Um, but they do not offer the property tax offset. Michigan has no current data center legislation and they assess personal property tax. So certainly Indiana would fare better in an attraction project against Michigan. In Illinois, they don't have current legislation. However, they are working very hard to adopt. And uh, there's currently um, legislation that is with the governor uh, pending, pending action. So one of the things I think we've seen over the years is as, uh, as one, perhaps one area of the state looks at or, or gets an idea about a, a particular industry cluster. And so I go back to, to my experience. Uh, in 2001, when I was with uh, CICP and we published the first Patel study that identified life sciences, uh, for the next 10 years, every community, well, many communities in Indiana um, sought us out and said, okay, we want to be the next life science mecca because that seems to be the, the next big thing. And yet many of those communities really did not have the critical assets that would allow them to do that, but it was sort of the next shiny object that everybody wanted to chase. So, so data centers could be the next shiny object for lots of communities. So, so as, they, as we go through the process, um, what really makes a, a community, a county, a location uh, competitive? And conversely, are there, are there just going to be some communities that won't be competitive for a variety of reasons? And what will be the distinguishing factors for a community? I know you've talked about the, what, what data centers are looking for. But what are the questions a community needs to be asking itself to determine if they are really prime to, to be getting in line for a data center? Well, our recommendation is always going to be to conduct an assessment to determine if a particular industry is a good fit for a community. So in this case, uh, is a data center a, a good fit for the community? And what I mean by that are, are there potential sites with adequate utility infrastructure that are available. That is what will drive a lot of these decisions. And so if the answer is yes, 
then that becomes a targeted industry sector and a comprehensive plan is developed to, to promote. Key to this plan, um, I think, would be verification of site readiness, uh, details, um, and, and strongly recommend site certification. Certification will be an important component to demonstrate a couple of things. One is the property available. Is it available for lease or is it available for sale? Has the base due diligence been done on the site um, to include verification of such things as topography and floodplain, wetlands and environmental conditions? And is there a strong plan in place that would illustrate the development process? So these are all things, no matter what industry sector you're looking to target, are going to be a, a critical function. But particularly as you're looking at data centers, um, speed to market is, is, is very important. So undergoing that verification and, and that certification process will provide accurate and adequate messaging to the user that the community is prepared. Further, I would say that if data centers are going to be pursued, um, we would recommend that a strategy is in place and that there is community consensus as to whether or not further incentives might be offered. And what I mean by that is the legislation does not deal with real property tax abatement. Um, that, that will be a discussion that needs to be had. And then there's also other things that the community could do, such as wavering of impact fees and permitting fees and, and such things. So in short, our recommendation is to take the time to understand the community assets. And if there are those assets in place, develop a plan and deploy the plan. So when you talked about site readiness, does our traditional, as we've gone through the process, used to be shovel ready, now it's site certified. Does that hold the same, does that have the same impact for data centers or are there, is there something above and beyond that's unique to data centers or if I've, if I've gone through the process, then I'm, I'm ready for data centers? Yes and no. Um, if you've gone through the process, then you're potentially ready for, for data centers. It's really going to uh, need to take a deep dive and look into that infrastructure capacity. Infrastructure capacity for data centers is going to vary. So what might work for um, a smaller data center may not be adequate capacity for a larger one. So again, having the necessary book of information readily at hand to be able to provide to a client or a prospect upon presenting is is fundamental to the process so how would so there there are obviously different data centers different kinds of data centers different sizes <clears throat> how would a community begin to differentiate between some of those different sizes different capacities and figure out where in the market they would adequately target? I think working very col collaboratively with their electric provider in understanding what is currently there. And also the electric provider, given their experience, is, is likely to have, is likely to have um, uh, guidelines with respect to uh, size of, of data centers and what their capacity needs are. We, we've done a number of data center projects 
and and they vary you know from as low as five megawatts to 10 megawatts up to 40 megawatts so there are varying um, there are varying capacities that will be needed large data centers may not be great fits for all communities uh, but that doesn't mean that there's not some market depending upon capacity so would there be a differentiation then uh, depending upon the size um, are, are there are there certain areas of any state I mean is it is it urban is it suburban is it rural or can it be all I mean if the if the infrastructure is there if the infrastructure is in place does it matter that much it, it doesn't unless unless the user has preference for whether it is a urban or a rural um, air area um, and and actually you know when we talk about the Midwest becoming a region of choice particularly for co-location and, and data center investment the reason that the Midwest is uh, becoming more of interest all the time is that there's an offer of cost effectiveness and reliable alternatives to densely populated coastal regions uh, being located between the coasts affords an abundance of network connectivity and affordable power essentially more bang for your buck and again indiana with the adoption of this new legislation providing offset to tax liability is really well positioned to compete to compete so we, we we're at a time now where it seems that that workforce um, is not in great demand in many places and certainly in indiana um, is this a specialized workforce it seems to me that we've heard that uh, data centers are not uh, employee heavy so there's not may they may not have a lot of workers is there a specialized workforce that would come along with these and are there other are there other things right now that make this a particularly attractive target um, the the good news about targeting this industry um, is a couple of things one is it's an industry that's projected to grow and and wages for workers in this sector are growing faster than perhaps any other uh, industry throughout throughout North America um, you're right there is not high demand for a high number of jobs but those jobs that are sought are highly skilled positions and so it's important for data centers when they are reviewing a location to make sure that there is a talent pool available to be tapped what i would say too is is, is that the this pool of highly skilled workers within the industry um, tends to feed a talent pipeline for other fast-growing high-wage industries industries such as architecture engineering computer system designs scientific technical consulting and and even research and development interesting so do, how do we think we're positioned in indiana to to meet you know, the demand for that talent pool where think, would they come from i think i think we're i think we're well positioned um i think we've got a, a great university system that is putting out a lot of very skilled individuals i think we've got a tech community that is highly focused on increasing the skill set so I, I believe indiana is very well positioned to, to offer 
the needed talent pipeline to support data centers. Are, th are there any downsides to attracting data centers? Are, are there unintended consequences that we, we haven't thought about? I don't know what those downsides would be. Um, if a community, and that's a big if, if a community has made the decision to pursue data centers as a target industry, then they've determined that they've, they've got the assets, they've got available sites, they've, they have the infrastructure that's, that's needed. I'm not sure what the downside would be. It's, um, it's another way to diversify uh, regional, local, statewide economy. It's, and it would seem to me, I mean, when we talk about infrastructure for this, that it's primarily, that's primarily broadband, that there's not going to be a lot of additional traffic that would come along with this. I mean, as we think of in, in other kinds of industry. Um, and so, again, it's maybe attracting higher uh, skilled workers, uh, perhaps not a lot of traffic. Um, I would assume that, that ultimately it's going to be a contributor to, I mean, tax base um, so I'm you know trying to again think you know are there are there any un other unintended consequences and I don't know what it would be but I thought we should ask that question so we're, we're sort of at near the end here are there uh, questions that I haven't asked or things that you think are really important points that we need to make about um, this opportunity um, uh, things that communities need to be thinking about uh, is this a regional approach is it uh, is it something that's a specific uh, community we've talked about is it is it rural is it suburban um, what have we missed I, I think that this does present a very strong opportunity for Indiana uh, to the extent that regions can collaboratively work to identify sites that may be suitable to attract data centers, that would certainly be our, our recommendation. Oftentimes when we are working with companies, whether it be a data center or an advanced manufacturing company, our first point of contact is a regional economic development group because they have the highest level of familiarity with what sites will work for a particular use. So in terms of, of readiness, um, identifying what those locations are, going to work to put together the detail that will easily demonstrate to the user that the site is ready um, and marketing it effectively. Give us a, just a little bit of a, a capsule in terms of um, you know what is Genovis, uh, what's your footprint within the sort of the economic development universe? Just a kind of a quick update. Well, we um, are a full service economic development advisory services firm. We have been around for the past 17 years, and our whole mission is to work with corporate clients to help them navigate the process of identifying those sites that will be most advantageous. And it's interesting because advantageous means different things to every company that we represent. Some are highly focused on location, others may be more um, interested in the business climate, some on the ability to attract workforce, others on proximity to customers. 
our role really is working with them to understand the priorities and then go to work to find the optimal location. Thank you very much. Leslie Wagner, uh, Senior Principal of the Genovis, thank you very much for being with me today. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast was powered by the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. Since 1983, IMPA has provided 61 municipal utilities in Indiana and Ohio with low-cost, reliable, and environmentally responsible power. Learn more about IMPA by visiting their website at impa.com and be sure to follow them on social media to stay in the know. This podcast is copyrighted 2019 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, which retains all rights to the content.